Welcome to Sherpa's Talking Shop, brought to you by the folks at Sherpa Marketing. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Sherpa's Talking Shop podcast. I'm here as always with my man, Mikey B. How are we doing? We're doing good. I, I feel like I was more excited to do the, the pod today than you were. <laughs> it's most, most days. It's That's most, most days. days. But it's Friday, it's sunny out, so I'm actually in a pretty good mood. It's Friday, it is sunny out. We're in a good mood because the Yetis baseball team is officially in action. That is the, the Sherpa baseball team here. And we're, we're 500, we're two and two right now. But you know, we, we think we'll turn it around here after our two losses this week, and I'm, I'm confident in our squad. Yeah, it was uh, kind of the, the best Yetis performance first week, the worst possible the second week. We were pitching into uh, high winds though, so that wasn't easy. Mike took the first game, and uh, I took the second game on the mound. Well, let me tell you, it was a little ugly out there. Yeah. Both games, not good. Speaking of sports, speaking of baseball, going to transition here into basketball. The first topic here, making a lot of noise, and I think that's, I stated it perfect because these gentlemen do make a ton of noise. We're talking about LeVar Ball and Lonzo's new shoe. Mikey, have you seen it? I'm sure you have. Oh, God. Yeah, it's 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 an okay shoe. Um, it's pretty interesting how they're they're producing it themselves and not go, going on a sponsorship like the the normal path a basketball player takes out of college the normal path being signed with one of the big three being you know your adidas nike jordan they're doing it independently and i think i agree with you it, it's very interesting as much as i support the movement because i think it's a very cool concept that someone wants to be independent and because of things like social media etc you're able to manufacture a personal brand and have a pretty great audience and reach yourself where you don't need to sign with a big company for their promotional messages and effort because you have your own audience and you know how to manage that and craft that with your own team so i do think that's interesting to me because typically you benefit from partnering with Nike, one big dollars, but you get less of a cut. Two though, you have all the marketing power. So it is a, a bit of an interesting movement in that regard. But what grinds my gears, to say the least, is LeVar Ball. <laughs> and, and this is why I really wanted to talk about it because I'm curious what you think of, I, I, there's a few examples of this happening right now and because there's a saturation of information People are doing the Trumpish style of marketing where you have to say outlandish things or things that are not fitting the mold and being super disruptive and, and not doing things in a very suave or smooth or nice way. And they're doing it simply because they know that they can get attention and any attention, good or bad, ends up being a good thing. I personally hate it. I think it's a bad way of doing it, but there's no question. It, would you agree it seems to be working? I've heard it compared to kind of like a, a startup out of uh, San Fran. Like it's that mentality where you're just doing whatever you can to get a bunch of users or a bunch of looks at what you're doing, if it's good or bad. And then you figure out how to deal with all those users that may have a bad kind of conception of what you're doing. And then you fi figure out how to flip it later, but you at least have them. So it seems like LeVar Ball is just gaining as much attention as possible and then having stuff ready to ride the wave uh, kind of as, as far as he can go. And I, you see something with LeVar Ball and then 
you just you you ask yourself why am I still <laughs> listening listening to this, this or why am I still watching this. And then the next day there's something else and the next day there's something else. Uh, I should have uh, teed this up with a bit of a backstory in case listeners aren't really uh, familiar with what has happened. So Lonzo Ball is one of the big recruits coming out of this year's college class of, of athletes and going into the NBA. And what they did was during his college playoff run, they announced that they wanted like a billion dollar. They wouldn't accept less than a billion dollars from one of the big three shoe manufacturers in terms of signing Lonzo Ball. So that made a lot of press. And then they came out and announced that they're going to do it independently under the quote, big baller brand, which I'm pretty sure LeVar Ball is the one who owns and leads that charge. And then an example of what Mike's talking about, these these events that you use to generate marketing buzz, they came out and priced it at some outrageous figure I don't have it off the top of my head, but wasn't it like a $400 shoe or something like that? Yeah, it's a $500 shoe and it's paired with, you can also get the casual flip-flop style of the shoe. Flip-flops, $220. Is that, that's USD? So they take, that's, that's American USD. Dollars? So like the, the court shoe comes to about $800 Canadian if you're shipping <laughs> it here. <laughs> and what they did was just, they took the most expensive shoe and priced it like, $75 or $100 more than that shoe because they're elevated, they're and, luxury. And, and the genius behind it, which I don't like, but I have to just be objective and appreciate it from a marketing perspective is he knew that that was gonna create a ton of backlash. But how else are you gonna get Charles Barkley, Draymond Green, all these news publications picking it up and talking about the brand, the big baller brand and the shoe and the story without pricing it at that price point. Because one could argue that it had he priced it at a normal shoe range, they wouldn't have had any press to thus promote the brand. So although they're doing it in a very cheeky and outlandish way, they're benefiting by pushing their brand out because of this insane message that they're putting out and pricing their shoe the way they are. And also there's gonna be a couple of cowboys that are gonna grab those shoes. Yeah, 100%, it's, it's kind of like a novelty item. And I mean, this LeVar Ball, he is not even in the NBA. He's the father of someone who's a very good basketball player. And he's leveraging this Trump style. Branding. Good basketball players, because I think there's three of them. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he, he says things like he could beat Michael Jordan one on one. It's just stuff that he himself knows is not possible. I don't think he's that egotistical and delusional. That being said, he does it for the press and he does it for the memes, my man. He's trying to he's trying to be the new the new Chuck Norris meme. Like he's trying to be like like LeVar Ball can uh, cut a hot knife with butter or something like that. <laughs> man, would you sell your soul? To, to push your brand like that? No. I would neither. And that would lead me to my last point on this is that I think as customers, being aware of this and then voting with your dollars is the best way to support or not to support. And uh, although Mike and I have definitely shared some Lonzo and LeVar Ball stuff, I would say that uh, no chance will I be supporting this movement. Although I do, like I said, I love that independent move. I just wish that it could have been done by more of a good as the new cool type character, someone with more of that like modest, smart, educated, 
demeanor. Not to say that he's not educated, just to say that with some of the outlandish things that he says, I, he doesn't come across that way. And, and there's another kind of thing, speak to Nike or Adidas, the R&D that goes into those shoes. Like I watched a documentary on Tinker Hatfield, I think his name is, and he created the Air Jordans. He designed them for Jordan. And it was this whole process of like getting to know him, getting to know how he plays, taking into consideration how many minutes he plays and designing a shoe for that. And it's like years and years of development and it seems like big baller brand just threw out some shoes and then when you see when you kind of look at them it looks like if they get water on them they'll melt or something <laughs> well time will tell because i'm sure we will uh, hear about them this next season here but it, interesting it's uh, again it comes back to that trumpish style of of marketing buzz and you know i hope that we see less of that but time will tell Speaking of generating marketing buzz, Mikey, you are about to release a blog here in the near future about remarketing and retargeting. I read it, I thought it was interesting, and I'm wondering if you could give the listeners, you know, tell us about what it is and just give me scenarios on how a company can use remarketing or retargeting uh, in their own marketing effort. Yeah, so we've been working uh, like for a while on uh, remarketing campaigns and kind of the extent of it has grown over the past year probably where you can do some really cool things with it. So kind of a, a brief overview is pretty much like any user that goes to your website, this is the original kind of idea of remarketing and it's any user that goes to your website, um, you'll compile information like attached to them. They're, they're kind of online selves, cookies and whatsoever you'll use this information to then serve ads to these users once they've left your site. So in, so in its simplest form, listeners, when you visited a site and then all of a sudden you have this ad that's big brotherish, creepily following you around as you go along, that is in its simplest form what remarketing is exactly. all about. Exactly, and when, like an example of a bad remarketing ad, Amazon used to be horrible for this. You'd buy a, a product on Amazon and then it would remarket. So you would then leave, you'd have your product and then for weeks the same product would be following you around on different websites saying, but you've are, you bought it. are you interested in this product but you've already bought it? So anyways, there's some bad ways of doing it like remarketing the same product, but then you could use it to say you bought a, um, a product and then you remarketed to the consumer that bought the product complementary products or maybe um, a manual to describe how different ways you can use it. So I bought some white Jordans and then next thing you're advertising white shoe cleaner. Exactly. Or you're advertising either an upsell, a resell or um, some sort of support too. Um, a lot of brands could do that. Interesting. Um, but as far as like web ads, like the banner ads and things like that, that's one way of remarketing. Another way you can actually integrate it into an app. So I use the Superstore PC kind of points, their points app when you go grocery shopping. And every time you shop, you compile, it compiles information on what you bought when you use the card. Mm -hmm. And then it remarkets and gives you special deals on other complimentary products or buying the product again sooner. And it pops up in the app and says you get more points if you buy this product now instead of next week when it knows you're gonna buy it. So mm -hmm. it's a really cool idea for app integration. Man, they gotta start broadcasting the uh, Miss Vicky's discount <laughs> discount and promotional opportunities because I'm grabbing those suckers every time. <laughs> exactly. Or also imagine like we were talking about softball earlier. Mm -hmm. So we have an app called TeamSnap that organizes all of our 
games, games and yeah. who's attending the games. And it's like a really useful scheduling tool. But imagine if the complex that we play at, Little Mountain, partnered with the app. So every time you entered the complex, it would give you a deal on food or beer. Um, yeah, it's tells a great you idea. That, so then it's a notification on your phone. So that's a way of remarketing too. Cool. Every day it knows you have a game, you're remarketing to the consumer saying, okay, we so know So I like go this. into my TeamSnap app and there would be Little Mountain beer discount. On Wednesdays or whatever. Very and you cool. serve an ad to them. So there's a lot of different cool ways you can integrate into your CRM, get email lists and... Um, upload those and serve ads to those specific people as well. And that, and that's why constantly companies are after your email too, is uh, with an email, you can do so much with remarketing and retargeting. But what I will say is that I actually don't, I don't find those ads particularly annoying because they're usually relevant and it's usually marketed in a good way. So man, people can advertise to me all they want as long as it's a relevant message. And I think that's where, that's why it's exciting to be a marketer because we have so many capabilities of having more targeted targeted messages. Whereas 10 years ago, you're being blasted by whatever on you know a TV exactly. channel. Uh, but now because there's more data available, there's more personalized messages that can alleviate your pain points or meet your aspirations. And you know the challenge of getting someone to click on the ad, so you have to make it very relevant and very in the moment and this helps you because you already know where they've been on the internet you can then find them again and and make a crafted message for them absolutely mike is our remarketing man so uh you know small plug here check him out if you have any questions on that part of it he'll be releasing his blog here within the next month or so so stay tuned for that it is a good one i have read it and i did enjoy it mikey next up testimonials there's a lot of talk going on right now about influencer marketing and these campaigns can be pretty large in terms of expense and reach and things like that so my mind started turning and, and i felt that one of the more underappreciated, low cost high value tactics that people need to think of in terms of influencing people and building peer-to-peer -peer marketing is testimonials best done in short form videos and once you have these short form videos developed with all the targeting and some of which we've talked about earlier on this podcast, but with all the targeting that marketing allows you to do, you can target those on social media like crazy and be in the moment in time and actually have more of a, a peer to peer marketing play. So I would say that that is uh, an undervalued tactic and actually not done all that much. Yeah, I'd agree. That's a new spin on testimonials that, I mean, has the ability of creating a lot of engagement. So short videos in general, those are getting a lot, like those are what people watch on a lot of platforms, especially mm -hmm. social platforms. And that is what's getting engagement. So, and testimonials have always been a big purchase intent. Um, well, what got me thinking of it is finally a company did a campaign around it and I actually like the, the creative idea behind it. Um, the new Tim Hortons, mm. Dark Roast, uh, yeah. billboards in that campaign. So they're actually taking real tweets from people about the Dark Roast. They're tracking those tweets and then they're republishing them within their ads. And I thought that was a, a very, very cool way of, of using a testimonial to market a product. Exactly, it has an element of, it's like almost, you almost think they're real, but I still don't believe that they're real testimonials. I think they would but be. But they though. did a pretty good job to make me almost yeah, think they're real. I would find it, I think honestly, you could 
have, because there'd be so many people tweeting about Tim Hortons, they would probably have a good amount of people, both positive and negative, tweeting about their coffee. And I bet you they did find real ones. I would be shocked if they were just like crafted. Well, you could, yeah, it, it's influencer marketing too. You could set up a stand for free coffees and ask them, you get a free coffee if you tweet, tweet. what you think. Good idea. Right? Yeah, so. for sure. And that's, a, you know, you can apply that to trade shows and things like that, where you have your customers, you know, I have uh, one of our clients is a go cheese manufacturer. And one of the ideas I had was, hey, you know, try these samples. Do you like it? Yeah, tweet about it or give us a video testimonial on how you enjoy cooking with our products, which is which is go cheese. But I think the key to this all is that it needs to be authentic and, and you can't stress that enough. It shouldn't be done in a fake way because if it does get found out or people perceive it as not being authentic, you're going to have a problem and people aren't going to buy in and you're going to look really stupid. Yeah, or else it's just one of those other testimonials kind of ads that you, you see all the time that are obviously fake, but the authenticity mm -hmm. is the most important part. And always uh, include a name. You never want them to be anonymous. So when you actually give people, like release their name or their social handle, et cetera, it makes it seem a lot more real. And yeah, these, like it's it's easy to do. I, I can't believe that more companies aren't doing it. So maybe it's just the, the best kept secret that uh, a lot of uh, businesses out there can do moving forward. Mikey, I heard a tidbit the other day that I liked I wanted to bring up on the pod. As you know, I annoy you on lunch hours is sometimes I listen to ESPN and I have, I'm using the, the Surface Pro with the jack that's a little high up. So it's kind of annoying to have my headphones in while eating lunch. So I unplug at lunchtime and I'm often watching uh, short videos on ESPN and it's pretty loud and Mike gets annoyed. So this got me thinking, why are the commercials on ESPN so loud when my volume is at like an eight, but it seems like it's playing at a 40. And I, I read into this a little bit and it's because, and I should have known this, advertisers are compressing the sound files and cranking the volume up so much within the production file that although in most dialogue, you're gonna have the, the flow of sound ranging from low to high, but it doesn't seem that loud because you're at usually this low level but they press it so everything is at the highest level possible. And that is why both on TV and on your internet ads, it seems so loud and it's so annoying. Yeah, it's like when you're having a nice nap on a Sunday afternoon to, to uh, <laughs> Faraday announcing golf, like a nice golf broadcast, and then it hits the commercial and you're, like, you're up again, you know? Yeah, so Honestly, I, I don't think it's totally necessary yet. You know, we see the ads and it just annoys me. And I find car companies are particularly uh, bad with it because you got this car just like rev in. In any event, interesting little uh, factoid in case you guys were wondering, uh, which leads us into the best and worst ads of the week. Mikey B, the best. I got a good one here for you. Different than what we've done. We, we've, we've really been vibing on the storytelling over the last couple of weeks. And this one, uh, more of a creative one. So I, I, I'm, I'm digging the creative. I think it's different. And I want to get your take on it. So Pringles, and this is their new ad in Canada for ketchup chips. By the way, shout out to uh, them finally jumping on that. You love chips, eh? That's what you, yeah. So you got a chip who's uh, taking out a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> and then they get married. And then you know what happens next. Looks like they had a kid there. And uh, yeah, the kid is uh, obviously a hybrid and you have now 
the chip meets the ketchup bottle, and now you have a ketchup chip. Yeah, so I, love, I love how it's so simple, and the design of, like, the whole aesthetic of everything this is, is pretty another, nice. This is another one here. Oh, yeah, I've seen this one, actually. <laughs> so he's in a race, and he showers himself, not with water, but with ketchup. Yeah, anyway, it's I love different, the, man. I think it's cool. And I love the typeface at the, the, yeah, the font kind of play at the end here. It's very aesthetically pleasing and kind of... It's cool. It fits. So I'm going to give that uh, four bottle caps out of five and one for creative, one for funny, one for original, one for memorable. I'm giving that a four out of five. It's tough with a cartoon ad to get five out of five. I yeah. Mean, let's just be honest. I would... Uh, I would give it, I think I'd give it five out of five. Wow. Um, Grumpy Mike giving it five yeah, out of five. Yeah, I got five that out of five. Happen often. You know what, because it's not, it's not wasting your time. Like you said, it's short, short to the point, yeah. has all those factors. And the fact that it's short to the point and visually appealing, it's just, it pops out. It's good. It's a good will, will you cop some Pringles at Food Fair on your next trip? You're going to the park, maybe taking a bike out, throw a little Pringles in the bag. You're gonna get that ketchup chip. Yeah, probably not not ketchup, but sour cream and onion or something. Why wouldn't you do ketchup? Not a fan of ketchup chips. No, no. It's... Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I like it. It's more of like the the you know when you really want to mix it up, I'll, I'll grab ketchup. But me personally, I'm a I'm a barbecue and sweet yeah. chili heat plain kind of guy. Yeah, those are. Sour cream and onion too. Can't go wrong with that. And then uh, dill I find with my sandwiches is also, you know, a good good flavor tone. You love chips way too much. I know. We gotta we gotta get ourselves a chip account. If there's any uh, executives over at Old Dutch Lay's Pringles, we're here for you. <laughs> Next up, the worst out of the week, Mikey. You know, I feel like I'm normally a pretty positive guy, and I've been coming down. I'm always coming down on the beer guys, but it's always the big beer guys because. They're so dramatic. And I want you to look at this, uh, this ad here and tell me what you think. Uh, it features big ships, cars, or trucks. We got fridges being pulled by helicopters. We got a salute at the end. There's a lot going on here, so I wanted to get your, uh, your take here. Got the, the red fridges here, the red cars. Like how much were each one of those cars, man? This is expensive oh commercial. They love this helicopter too, they love carrying these the beer. fridges too. Oh man, I don't get it. Yeah, it's pretty so so ad. I don't I don't hate it, but I wouldn't pay attention to it. My one thing that I, uh, I will stress here, my take on it is avoid the, the dr like, they're so dramatic and I feel like it works against these brands. There's gotta be more original and creative ways of, of marketing the beer. I can't imagine that that honestly inspires buyer intent. Like, does that make you wanna go out and buy some Canadian there? They're trying to spark like the nationalism because Canada's 150th, make, yeah. Get, There's license, so many cooler ways. Yeah, of like give my beer a dollar fifty for hundred fiftieth year. <laughs> Look at that! I'll, I'll I don't think that's legal. I wish it was. I'll, but, buy, I'll buy some beers. But even if you said we tried, or you know, <laughs> this is the letter we wrote into the. I, there's got to be a million different things. And you know, going back to last week's ad, 
and uh, you could call Michelob is a big beer brand that we gave a huge pat on the back for, but they understood they had a sound marketing strategy and they hit a home run with the creative and the integrated campaign. But more importantly, it was different. It was done in a different way and it was disruptive enough to get attention. I want to see Molson get after that and especially Molson because they have that tie in with Canada. Exactly. Right? It doesn't have to be like this dramatic kind of cargo ships and helicopters. Like you can easily make a Molson ad that celebrates Canada and put your product in each unique environment. In Canada, every province has a beautiful landscape. Like if you want to do something based on imagery, like do that. Don't, uh, don't waste my time with this. The weird thing is while we're talking about this, I'm somehow desiring a cold Canadian. <laughs> so. Those bottles sold, sold me. Like, yeah. Those, like those the old... yeah, good job of the bottle at the end. We did like that. Yeah, um, any beer with like that go that the throwback trend right now. I'm always like, oh yeah, let me try this. Like the stubby, the, the stubbies, stubby yeah. like the old, the Miller Lite went to their old. Uh, and then, know, man, and that's why marketing such a beautiful thing. You know, like Subway's doing the paninis, and you start looking at like what are the variations of product or like packaging. Like, there's so many different areas where you can build engagement. It's just about examining the full experience and then figuring out like where you can be innovative. Yeah, or just give me a quality like glass, like rocks glass with any bottle of booze I'm buying and like attach it to it, I'll buy it. Mike's a big quality guy. He's he's not in for the uh, you know, the fake the fake tricks. He he likes quality, he likes those Lululemon golf shirts, he, he <laughs> likes the the one time buy lasts me a long time. Yeah. And hey, that's man, that's good. That's good uh, life. buyer habits. I'm gonna give this one a half bottle cap out of five here. Yeah, mostly because I'm tired of the drama. Yeah, give it a give it a two bottle caps mike's giving it two but who knows we might end up having a canadian after this podcast it's almost lunchtime yeah i think there's some steam whistles in the fridge there is and i believe uh some cream or which is a, another good beer anyway that is it a short one here from us we hope you're doing well thanks again for tuning in i am Stu said it i'm here as always with my man mikey and i can never remember his twitter handle so give it hey, it's who's that mike b at who's that Mike B. Tweet us at tweets by Sherpa. I want to hear you. I want to hear from you guys. So uh, if you're listening, in, engage. I know there's listeners. I keep hearing that there's listeners. And I want to see some of that engagement. As uh, Gary V would say, your your comments are our oxygen. And I would say no, your comments are allowing us to do more of these and proving uh, to the boss man that this works. So please give us a shout out. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you.